Hello and welcome back again to another Lights, Camera, Sports, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board, which should be another exciting show here. We're so lucky to have the owner of the Hartford Yard Goats, Josh Solomon, coming on. He's going to talk about minor league baseball and how he built a new stadium in the Hartford area. First, I'd like to remind you, please always consider uh, checking us out on SoundCloud as well as subscribing to iTunes as well. Feel free to leave a review while you're there on iTunes. Also, if you want to advertise on Lights Camera Sports, just email lightscamerasports ads at gmail.com. All right, let's get to the interview with Josh Solomon, owner of the Hartford Yogurts. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lights, Camera, Sports, the New England podcast. Welcome back once again. I'm Mike Galtieri, your host. So happy to have you on. And we're very excited to have another exciting guest here on the Lights, Camera, Sports, the podcast. Josh Solomon, the owner of the Hartford Yardgoats AA affiliate of the Rockies, also runs the DSF Group Investments in Massachusetts. Josh, thanks so much for taking some time and joining us here on the Lights, Camera, Sports, the podcast. Oh, my, my pleasure. Happy to be here. So, Josh, let's just talk about you growing up. Did you always have an interest in baseball growing up? And uh, how, how did you eventually uh, get into uh, playing? Did you play it as well growing up? Sure. Loved to play. Enjoyed it. Career ended and um, got to watch uh, kind of my father own a team up in New Hampshire and see how much he enjoyed it um, and able to uh, stay kind of close to the game um, without having to put cleats on. Um, And uh, so decided about five years ago uh, with my siblings to uh, buy the team in New Britain, which at the time was the double-A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. Gotcha. Your father, Art, by the way, owns a New Hampshire Fisher Cats who play the Rockets now and will be playing the Yard Goats um, in many games throughout the year as well. So you decide you grew up in Massachusetts. What town did you grow up in? What high school did you go to? Sudbury, Mass. But I went to uh, Governor's Academy. Nice. And uh, what then? How did you decide to go to Northeastern for college? Well, I first went to Drew University. Um, for a year and then transferred to Northeastern um, for my sophomore year. Gotcha. And then I know you're involved real estate right now, the DSF group. Uh, you First, though, you said you got an MBA in Wisconsin. What made you go from Boston to Wisconsin? to get? Did you want to just see a different part of the country? Sure. Well, first I was living in Southern California, um, working as a lender um, to folks in the real estate business and saw that the uh, future was brighter to the people I was lending money to than uh, actually being the lender. So, <laughs> so the, the best way to get in that position was to get an education specific, uh, to get my MBA and learn more about uh, real estate and development and acquisitions of commercial real estate. So that's what I did. And you went to Wisconsin as well. How did you like Wisconsin compared to the East Coast? I loved it. It was freezing cold, um, but uh, people are really, it, 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 it's a great bunch of people. Their sport's crazy. Um, they love their beer, um, and they love their sports and their Packers. So I took some heat for being a Pats fan 
but um, it, was, it was a good couple of years. Were you out there the year the Patriots played the Packers in the Super Bowl about 20 years ago? No, 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 I was not. Okay, so that was a good rivalry. Still a good rivalry to this day, of course. Um, got it. So, and then I read an interesting story. You, you're, one of your first real estate investments was in South Boston. Uh, can you just talk about that, uh, how you got involved in South Boston? You said you made about $20,000, but then you lost it in the stock market. Can you just give us that story? Sure. Um, just a, a, a buddy of mine um, and I saved some money and, and, and were able to pick up a, uh, a building um, in South Boston that we kind of fixed up and uh, ended up making some money on. Saw that it was something that uh, was was interesting and um, was was pretty good at it. But then proceeded to lose it all when I went back to business school investing in the stock market. <laughs> okay, and then talk about now how you got involved. How did we get DSF Group Investments? I know you're involved with your father with that. How did that all come together? In the recent years? Well, after um, getting out of graduate school, uh, I was working in Boston for a real estate uh, firm that advised uh, pension funds on their investments in real estate. And um, after a few years there, uh, decided to set up an investment shop with uh, a colleague from where I was working, um, as well as uh, with my father. So we started a company, uh, DSF, um, in uh, 2000 and went from there. And what, what does it specialize in? What is, what is your t- uh, type of real estate you guys focus on? Sure. We both invest in and develop uh, apartments um, from Boston all the way up through New York to Washington, D.C., Gotcha. So the north, the northeast quarter, yeah, very populous area. Very interesting. And then you you mentioned it earlier. Your father Art uh, got involved with the New Hampshire uh, Fisher Cats. He also got in, involved in minor league baseball down in Bowling Green. Um, just talk about how he first got involved doing that, and then uh, how you followed him. Well, I think you know it, it, it's something that our family loves, and um, I think the the ability to both invest in something that you have interest in as well as really creating a community asset um, that really makes, uh, you know, affordable entertainment. Um, you know, it, 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 it's nice to be able to put your capital behind something like that. So the ability to potentially do okay, but, but really be able to touch the game and uh, really do something for the community, which I think is uh, it's rare that you have the opportunity to, to do that, really create a kind of a double bottom line. Yes, it needs to remain solvent, but you also can really have an impact on, on, on communities. And then you got involved, uh, I believe in 2012, you mentioned your brother Jim, who, by the way, also owns the Fireplace Restaurant in Brookline, which I love. I go there all the time. Back in my B- uh, BC days, uh, yep. re- really good restaurant, and uh, your sister Jennifer as well. You guys all got involved, and uh, you you got involved with the Rockcats. Just give us a play-by-play of how that all happened, which was a team, by the way, that was very successful. Um, 
Bill Dell and Coleman Levy were great owners. The team is doing well. Just give us a, uh, how you got involved in that. Sure. So, um, you know, I think we were, we've been fortunate in our uh, real estate investment. And so a good way to uh, both find something that I could do with my siblings as well as potentially um, kind of uh, have a successful investment, um, we, we looked around, we saw how much my father enjoyed it, um, and then we started to look at opportunities to potentially buy a club. And um, I think, you know, seeing kind of what Bill uh, had going there in, in New Britain um, is that uh, it's close enough to home that you could go there pretty regularly. Um, a lot of our family is from Connecticut, um, and it just made sense. So we uh, we jumped on it. You got the deal done in 2012. Um, and then, so what, immediately, we, what were your first impressions of New Britain uh, when you got there and the Rockets themselves and uh, – the, the first couple of years? Well, I think, you know, uh, a real committed um, fan base. I think what we also saw was there was a lot of issues related to the, the stadium um, and the, the deal around kind of who would maintain it. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the issues there really started to rear their head as we had uh, – Jackie Bradley get hurt rounding second base because uh, of some field-related issues. Um, so, so we enjoyed it, but we were having some issues with uh, our relationship with the city um, and, and, and its management of the stadium. Yeah, you know, I remember that too, going a couple games in New Britain. I remember one time the fire truck came on for a pregame show, and uh, that delayed the game start for like an hour because the, they couldn't they, the tracks in the field were very muddy and uh, the, the rain seemed like it always affected the infield down New Britain Stadium yeah the, the, the field really had some drainage issues as well as having you know these these major league clubs have major investments in these prospects so the fields need to be kept to the standard so folks don't get hurt um, they have you know uh, you know large investments Guys, so that was clearly an issue that we had. That, uh, and that that segues, yeah, that segues very well. Were those type of the issues that kind of made you, you know, pop the, the idea in your mind to look into Hartford to move and to kind of be in the central business district? I, when it was first announced, I thought it was a great idea. You get millennials involved after work, families, uh, corporate sponsorships is more in Hartford than New Britain. Just give us the play-by-play -play how you decide to look to Hartford about 15 miles up the road uh, from New Britain. Sure. So it was never our intention to leave. I think what we found after that first year was there were some real issues with the stadium and with the lease. So first we attempted to negotiate and, and, and meet with uh, the mayor and city officials to try to see if we could resolve those issues. So we had a number of meetings with them. We had the head of our of the Eastern League fly up, and you know, to no avail. And at, at that point, we had a couple of years left on our lease, um, and seeing that we couldn't, there was no resolving those issues. Um, kind of looked and said, okay, what are our options? 
and that's kind of how we ended up, uh, you know, meeting with the folks from Hartford um, and putting a deal together. And then how, talk about that deal. How did you focus on that downtown north parcel of land? Obviously a great location, two highways coming together. Um, how did you focus on that? And, you know, it's amazing. I drove across the country a couple of years ago, and it, you see similar cities like Hartford. Oh, they all have a minor league ballpark right downtown, Louisville, Oklahoma City, even um, – yeah, I was Memphis. I was another city, so I was. It was seemed to make a lot of sense to put the stadium right in downtown Hartford. Sure. I mean, I think what our view was was we wanted something that was very easily accessible, which it is at the junction of eighty four and, and, and ninety one, um, as well as uh, you know, folks could actually walk from their office after work and go to a game. Um, but I think the other thing that was very important was that area um, on the north side had had very little capital investment for a lot of years. So we really, it worked from a transportation standpoint and access standpoint, but probably more importantly, it was going to be the, you know, and is the, the, the anchor to a redevelopment of an area that has been overlooked for a lot of years. No question about it. And then we have the delays that started. Can you just give people who might be listening across the country, uh, the, the stadium was scheduled to open 2016. Eventually, for people who don't know, the Yardcoats were unfortunately forced to play the entire year on the road because of those delays. And then this April 13th will be the first game. It actually does happen in 2017. Just kind of give us the play-by-play of the delays and what happened. Sure. Um you know, the, the process was the, um, you know, we had a lease with the city of Hartford, and, and the city of Hartford went out with an RFP and secured um, center plan to do the work that, you know, they clearly were well over their head and not able to really get it done. Um, and so eventually the mayor... Cronin and the city council threw them off the job um, and, uh, you know, and have since brought in somebody else to complete the work. But uh, we ended up missing an entire season and having to play the whole season on the road, which was uh, incredibly difficult for the, the, the ball club. Do you know why Why were they over their heads? You know, Do you know any details of what – what I'm trying to figure out why they couldn't get it done is my question. Yeah, you know, I can't speak to um, their experience, um, but they just were not able to uh, do the work um, in a quality fashion um, and seem to not be able to get out of their own way to finish the job. Well, the, the good news is the, the home openers – April 13th for the Hartford Yard Goats. It should be very exciting. First of all, let's just get, how did you find the name Yard Goats from the Rock Cats? So, well, what we did is we wanted to go out and, and, and really get the voice of the people um, and see what their, uh, you know, what they wanted. Um, and so what we did is we did a competition where uh, people suggested names. We got 30,000 votes in. Wow. Um, 
and uh, the the yard goats won out. Um, and you know the story behind the yard goats is it's an old railroad term for the for the little hardworking engine that actually makes the the rail yard work. Um, and so you know the the similarities between you know minor league baseball is really where you know all the hard work takes place to get folks up to the big leagues. Um, you know, and, and, and Hartford's a hard-working city, um, and so people really loved it, um, came up with some real creative uh, design and art around it, and ended up being the, the you know, the, the, the year we we, uh, we rolled it out, you know, we were the highest-grossing uh, merchandise without even having a stadium to play in, so it was pretty <laughs> impressive. That's pretty good. And what I really like is, too, the Hartford Whaler colors. People don't know Hartford Whalers played in the Hart- in Hartford until 1997, but there's still a big following down there. I think that was a good move on your part to go with the color scheme of the Whalers. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. Um, you know, folks love the Whalers. We're actually doing a Whaler weekend where a bunch of the guys are going to come back um, to the ballpark, and we're going to honor them this season. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, uh, that was a good move. And I think the fans really enjoyed it. And then Josh, uh, talk about to the Hartford yard goats, double a affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. When you bought them, they were the twins. How did that transition go from the twins and Rockies? And are are the Rockies happy that a new ballpark's coming in uh, for the double a affiliate? Oh, I think they're thrilled. Uh, we, we, we spend a lot of time talking with those guys and, um, you know, they want to have a, a, a ballpark and facilities that will best um, help their prospects grow into big leaguers. And I think, you know, putting them in a, a state-of-the-art facility uh, really helps that uh, process along. So they're, they're really thrilled. Um, but we also we did have a good relationship with the Twins. Um, but I think with a lot of the uncertainty going on about whether the ballpark was going to get completed, um, I think there might have been a little too much history there. Gotcha. Talk about, too, the, the great sponsorship support that I've heard about uh, since moving to the new downtown ballpark. Aetna, uh, Travelers, I know, has evolved. Just talk about all the uh, new sponsors you were able to brought in uh, in the improvement in that regard since New Britain. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the, the corporate community has been hugely supportive as have just the fans but you know whether it's Dunkin Donuts who's our naming sponsor uh, who named the entire ballpark uh, Dunkin Donuts Park to Travelers Insurance to the Hartford to Frontier Communications to Connecticut um, it's really the who's who of Connecticut business has really stepped up and been very supportive um, not, not just to the team but it speaks to their commitment to the city of Hartford. Yeah, no question about it. I, I think it fills a, a, a big void as well. I know my family's company, Pro Courier in West Hartford, we take clients out to baseball. You have to go to Boston or New York before that, uh, really. Now it's nice in the capital city to take clients out, especially clients who are in the Hartford area, to a minor league, a brand-new ballpark in downtown, and uh, there's a high appeal for that. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, people were hungry for it. And I think they're going to see the style of ballpark that uh, they'll have never seen before. It's got a 360-degree concourse 
it is really, we really brought the action as close to the fans as possible. Um, you know, you're, you know, fans surround the bullpen. You're 45 feet from home plate, you know, closer to the to home plate than the pitcher. We have, um, you know, just a whole host of great activities for for families. And, 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 you know, the nice thing about minor league baseball as well is, you know, tickets start at six bucks. Uh, average is about nine or ten bucks. It's less than a movie. Um, and, and, and it sure is a lot more fun and, and, and interesting. So um, we're really excited about it, and it's been great. The feedback that we've gotten from the community has been huge. As you know, I think you probably know we sold out opening day in the first 30 minutes. Um, all of our premium seats, uh, season seats have been sold. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's incredibly exciting, and I think the ballpark, really going to be something that the folks from this community are going to be able to be very proud of. Do you think we get any food from the fireplace down in Brookline, uh, down in uh, Hartford? Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe one day. I think, you know, people will have to sell for Bears Barbecue or Scott's Beef Patties, some of the other local vendors that we're going to have in the park. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I remember, you know, I heard, too, there's even going to be a bar, an elevated bar in the, in the center field area. You got it. Our stadium club, which is really fantastic, it's about 7,000 square feet, um, has a huge bar, uh, you know, great for all different kinds of events um, during the off season and also during the season um, for our suite holders as well as uh, a lot of our premium seats. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting places to see the, 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 the games from. You know, that, that was one of the things that we really pushed was making it so that you could come to the ballpark 10 or 11 times and each experience there have kind of a much different feel for the park from a different vantage point, whether it be in the stadium club or in our Heineken uh, party deck or Connecticut party deck. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of neat spots. And to talk about the parking, too. Say someone coming from Glastonbury or West Hartford, where, where do you want them to park in the Har- downtown Hartford? Well, it's, there's a number of parking lots that surround the ballpark, um, and we have secured, you know, uh, $5 parking uh, wow. around the park to make it kind of affordable. You'll be, you'll be very close to the ballpark, so five-minute five walk. Um, you know, there's loads of parking all around the, the stadium. And last question, Josh, just talk about the, the business dynamics of minor league baseball and stress to the people the importance of buying tickets. Obviously, minor league baseball doesn't have a TV deal, uh, so the sponsorships, tickets, became become, I, I assume, a vital source of revenue for you at the minor league AA level. Yeah, well, that's the, you know, that's the engine that drives uh the club and and and, and let us stay here is kind of you know the the community really taking part in it um and we're doing a whole host of things for kids to get the kids involved we're having kind of internship programs to expose the kids to the 15 or 20 careers you can have in baseball never having to put on a pair of cleats or swing a bat whether it's broadcasting or marketing or um culinary arts so we're really trying to do a lot with the 
the community school system, the community um, is vital to our success. Uh, but we've we've seen huge support from from those folks. So yes, it is very important. But uh, we're very encouraged by what we've seen to date. And where, Josh, where uh, where can uh, fans purchase single game tickets? I know you said it's opening days already sold out, April thirteenth. But just explain to fans how they can get tickets for Yargoats throughout the summer. Sure. You can get them online at our website. and But also, in the next two days, we'll be opening a, our ticket office uh, right at the ballpark. So, um, you know, Yargoats baseball, you can check, but uh, as well as showing up at the stadium. That's great. And I know as well, people in the, if they can't go to the games, you can also hear the Yard Goats on radio. I'm friendly with Jeff Dooley. He's been there a while. And uh, just talk about where fans can find them online and on the radio here here at Yard Goats games. We are going to be all over it. We are uh, broadcasting our games in English and Spanish. You can listen on from our website. Um, our, you know, We have a whole host of different broadcasting partners where you'll be able to tune in. That's great. And Ted, talk last last question. Are you gonna have a little friendly rivalry with your dad when the yard goats play the Fisher Cats? You got it. Absolutely. There's a lot of pride riding on that one. So we're we're we're, we're pretty excited. We 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 got the better of them last year, but we'll see. <laughs> well said. Well, it's an exciting time for downtown Hartford. I think it's gonna be a great move. And I wish wish you much success uh, with the Hartford Yard Goats opening Dunkin' Donuts Park April 13th, and which should be a very, very exciting summer. Absolutely. Thanks for your uh, support, and look forward to seeing you out at the ballpark. All right. Thanks so much to Josh Solomon joining us here with the Hartford Yard Goats, the owner, as the Yard Goats begin play this summer. And thanks so much for joining us here on another Lights, Camera, Sports, the podcast very excited as we head into summer and double uh, a baseball in hartford in the new dunkin donuts park like to remind everybody you can uh, follow the lights camera sports podcast by subscribing it to it on itunes leave a review also on soundcloud and we're also on the bc interruption website as well to promote uh, and to put an ad on lights camera sports uh, feel free to email me at lights camera sports ads at gmail.com Thanks once again for listening. This is Mike Galtieri signing off for another fun edition of the Lights Camera Sports Podcast.